Yes, sir, we promised you a great deal. Well, 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 I just lost my voice there. How's everyone doing? Phil Jackson here, Top Guy Theater. Ready to have another episode. Look who's not here. Frank Bruno, once again, he comes back for a week and then he bounces. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. He's left us. He doesn't care anymore. He's going to New Orleans. He's going on to bigger and better things. And as I alluded to a few weeks ago, there were circumstances between me and Frank that in, in the event of such a case, allows me to permanently take control of this show. And as I said a few weeks ago, I think it's disrespectful for the people to show up and be here on time. They don't get paid for it out of their, out of their busy schedule, except for anything piracy never does shit to get on the show and, and, and watch wrestling and, and fellowship and have fun. And Frank just comes and goes like the wind does a man, Dick. I'm, I'm beating a dead horse here. You know, last week I was about to make the big announcement, and uh, it looks like this week I'll be making the big announcement. So, once again, I wait just a second here, not so fast, Phil. What what are you doing, Henry? I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. I have it on good authority that at some point later today, Frank's going to join us for this lovely edition of Spring Stampede 2000, our second effort at Top Guy Classics. But that's not why I interrupted you, because I could have done that after the intro. I have in my hands right here contract that gives me the full power to take over from you in the event that Frank's not here. So oh, why don't you do me a favor for just a second? We're going to put you back out in the waiting room. And as I said a second ago, Frank should be with us a little later tonight. We've got Adam from Bama. We've got Anthony Pyers, better known as Rhode Island Sex God. We have our other side, Sex Appeal Brandy, and that bald bastard I just kicked out of here. Top Guy Classics number two, WCW Spring Stampede 2000. From the United Center, April 16th, 2000. As Frank would say, and away we go. Sexiness. I'm going to need your lawyers to send me over the contract immediately. You don't have the power here, Phil. I do. 
Frank comes back. You know, we also, Frank and I also have a contract. So I need to see from my lawyers that that contract supersedes Frank's contract. I mean, I don't have your you know, contract in my hands. I have mine. My lawyers will be here. Your lawyers will be here for my lawyers. Jesus Christ. You you think I'm rich enough that I have lawyers. Oh, well, this will be open. We know a lawyer. I can be a lawyer. Hang on. Ask Devin Downey. I, I can be a lawyer. <laughs> I mean, he can be a lawyer, but we actually know like a real lawyer. Michael Ament. He like went to law school and everything. Uh, we know two real lawyers. We have an OG, OG top guy theater real lawyer in Matt Levitt. There's that a school for lawyers? I forgot Matt's existence. He's almost like a mirage. When I say I went to law school, by the way, it means I drove to Suffolk University Law School and picked up my sister. Yeah, so. that sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, I just took a law class, and there was a lot of focus on contract law. So, Henry, why don't you go ahead and uh, flip those contracts over into my email? I'll give you a proper opinion next week. Does Brandy want to slide it or DMs? Did you say you picked up your sister? Are you from Alabama? <laughs> no, I, I said my sister. You, I what? Where you're from, that's interchangeable. Where I'm from, it's actually a blood relation. Okay, no, that's the difference. No, I don't know how no, y'all do they're it. Relatives. They're relatives there, too. You know, I almost don't believe I'm going to say this. I don't know what kind of shit show I just started. So, <laughs> it's okay, because we're going to follow it up by the shit show of a pay-per-view you picked. Right? Hey, we get the Norman idea Marley, was it to do this get, over again? We get Norman Smiley and Terry Funk right off the bat. How much better could it get? Ugh. Hello, pretty Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> yes, Sapphire is here, too. I have a cat. So I guess we can Aww. say hi to everybody. We'll start with uh, Adam Dose Pods. How are the Dose Pods, Adam? Are we wide open, man? Um, we're as we record, we're a couple of days out from me joining Frank in Rhode Island and taking a 22-hour trip to Los Angeles. No, I'm sorry, New Orleans, Louisiana. That's it. I'd like Let's to go see, to Los Angeles. Two drivers, you can't get from Rhode Island to California in 22. You can, hours. but it takes 122 hours. <laughs> but we're going to record some stuff. I think I'm actually going to go to record Kick Out Group podcast in the U-Haul truck. That'll be awesome. Oh, that's going to be interesting. So, uh, Mr. Anthony Pyrus, Rhode Island sex god, uh, allegedly the Rhode Island sex god. Not just Rhode Island sex god, but the man who puts the tricks in dominatrix, the sex in sexual deviant. What can I do for you, Mr. Jackson? I <laughs> uh, just want to know how it is you snuck in the show this evening. Was that Was that a Henry thing? Well, no, it wasn't a Henry thing. It was actually a Frank thing, but I'm a little bit pissed off because while you were doing a little introduction, you said, and I quote, we're not getting paid for this. Frank Bruno has been dangling large sums of money in, in front of me for the last year and a half whenever I co-host these events and drive your ratings to places they've never been before, meaning human beings and not bots watching and listening. And I'm not being paid for this? Oh, you've got cranky Anthony Pyrus tonight. By the way, hey. Brandy... Where's Sapphire? She is right here. Let me see, let me My see. baby is joining us from her throne. She just went Brandy. to the vet and got the all clear, clean bill of health. Brandy, you have the nicest pussy I've ever seen. Thank you. That's what all the top guys tell me. So, uh, so Brandy, when is it exactly you're going to be uh, uh, working for Sean Ross Sapp on Fightful? 
<laughs> I have to hear there... back, but I did send him an email. Oh, you actually did? My... Good, good. I did. Because I, I so... saw that pop up. I'm like, oh, I know the perfect person to apply for that. And Sean Ross Sapp is my absolute favorite wrestling reporter. Whatever you put a journalist, reporter, news guy. Second behind friends. His name is a Dave Meltzer, so I like him, okay? But that, that's that's all there is. It was so sweet because besides you, Phil, I had about four other people tag me or send that tweet to me to apply. And that was just that just that just that's, made my little heart grow three sizes. That's that's a step up. I mean Sean Ross Sapp is legit and like I swear every day he gets a little bit better and a little bit more popular than the day before. And the dude clearly has reliable actual sources because he breaks releases before wwe breaks releases or anybody else breaks releases so he knows people and he doesn't he he just gives gives uh gives it like it is henry i'm gonna let you uh speak for a second here i have to step away for just a moment can, can i put sean ross Sapp over because i actually got a cameo from him and no kidding and i mean as soon as I paid the money for it, I swear, 15 minutes later, yeah, I got my V and I got my cameo. I wait, mean, within, Ab, within wait, 15 Ab. minutes, he got it. I got it right back. It's so amazing. You, it, you it paid for cameo for yourself? No, for Sean, no, for the kickout crew. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought, okay. No, I, I bought one, I bought two cameos for the kickout crew. One was Gilberg, which I absolutely loved Gilberg. But uh, Sean Ross out, no kidding. I mean, as soon as I hit confirm and pay, whatever, within 15 minutes, I already had my cameo, and he yeah, he just put us over to the moon. So I have nothing but good words to say about Sean Ross out. Excellent, because paying for a cameo for yourself is like renting a prostitute and then dragging. <laughs> but it's not prostitution if you give them the money inside of a birthday card. I did find that out. <laughs> Then it's a gift. Exactly. You're paying for a gift. So I think, I don't know about all of you, but I think we're ready to get started. I think we're going to track the opening for Spring Stampede 2000 and then jump into the greatest WSW match of all time, Mr. Norman Smiley versus Mr. Terry Funk, which oh, starts, starts right with kicking out a bathroom door, which is the best way to start a match. We... Tonight we take Well, you. I mean, that's how Adam would be starting his next match, considering that's just where he came from. <laughs> how did that go? Who, who went over? We can't hear you, Adam. You're on I, mute, my darling. Are you saying Adam was conceived in a glory hole? That's the point. Everything was great. <laughs> that that wouldn't surprise Well, me. it is Alabama, so it could have been a glory hole inside yeah. the honky-tonk where his parents slash cousins just met. I mean, it does remind me of that one time in Jacksonville when me and... <laughs> 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 now, is that the time that Ever you know, you got... it's just been Jacksonville's been great. Henry, what you got? Or you was that the something? time that you and I went into the closet? That'll never get old. I gotta ask, how did you break out of that pretzel lot, Brandy? <laughs> I am extremely flexible. That's duly noted. And, and I think Baldy over there had a point. I think it's time for us to move on to the main event of the evening. WCW <laughs> Spring Stampede 2000. Season number five of Spring Stampede. Episode don't, number one on Peacock. Don't call that the main event. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the main event of the evening is going to be in about an hour, hopefully, when Frank shows up. 
Hey. <laughs> but we're starting tonight at All Zeros. This is our second effort at a Top Guy Classics. Hopefully this one goes just as well, if not better, than the 2000 Royal Rumble. Phil, Frank, damn it. I'm giving up. I... <laughs> I, is everybody ready to go? Pretty yes. sure. Go ahead, yeah. I'll find it eventually. In three, two, one. Wait a second. Play. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> There's our original logo. What the well, hell is WWE doing with that? The exploding cat vagina. Not your sapphire. No! was uh, Hulk Hogan doing wearing New Balances. This is 2000. And there's the world's greatest overachiever right there, Billy Kidman. Um, look, at, look at Billy with Corey Wilson there. It's either him or David Flair, the world's most overachiever. No, it's Billy Kidman because he actually got married. And second of all, can we talk about that chair shot? Because I we love Eric theater we love eric bischoff that was terrible yep just terrible not vince mcmahon wow. hulk hogan stunner terrible no vince mcmahon's stone cold wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute i, don't I didn't know hulk hogan could do a stone cold stunner he can't uh he can now yeah but yeah it, that was pretty awful aren't the fireworks pretty the fireworks are pretty. I do miss a good pyro. The best I part of the pay per view. Which is the worst thing happened? Taking that bad stunner. Uh, no, the worst thing that happened is uh, get, getting caught paying uh, twelve million dollars to women, uh, you know, for sexual escapades. But that's a whole different conversation. The joke is completely lost on you, Phil. I love you to death, but the joke was lost on you. Yes. Before, before we explain the joke to him in agonizing detail, yes, please do. let's move ahead to our opening contest of the night. We're going to skip a lot of crap. Thank of God. Night, oh, oh we're finished Adam. already? Yay! Oh, I love you too, Adam. Now shut up and let me talk. <laughs> okay. 
On this night, the WCW World Heavyweight, World Tag Team, and the United States Heavyweight titles will be decided in tournaments. There are two other title matches on this night as well. And we begin with the opening match, well, opening championship match on the card for the hardcore title. Never thought yeah. I'd a WCW pay-per-view. We go to one hour, 13 minutes, and 35 seconds where we should see the lovely face of Terry Taylor in the backstage area and possibly Hulk Hogan getting carted off by the Chicago Police Department. I don't exactly remember. So I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention at that point when I started. So it was one hour, 13 minutes, and what was the second? 35. 35. Thank you. I got Terry Taylor offering his hand in friendship. Yeah, I, I, no, no, Terry. Just no. Nobody no, we hate that. Oh, my oh, God. Nobody we don't know hurt. where that hand has been. Oh, my word. Up Dave Meltzer's ass. <laughs> or at least on the payphone telling him what happened. Now, anybody who was not born before 2000, a payphone is what we had before cell phones. You put money in and you could make a call. But if you were really cheap, what you would do is you would call the 1-800-COLLECT number. Yeah. And then tell the message when they say, uh, they say you have to tell them your name so they know who to accept the charges from. Whereas you just say what it is you're calling for and then that's the end of the call. And if I remember, I if I remember, did one eight hundred collect sponsor a few of these WCW pay per views? Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah. I mean, one eight hundred collect sponsor WrestleMania nineteen, at, which was in two thousand three in Seattle. I was deal. there. Was it um, I still have the I still have the lanyard from WrestleMania Access, and it says one eight hundred collect. Nice. I thought a payphone is when Superman got changed into. That's That's a good yeah, that is also what payphones are for. Okay, gotcha. Okay. If it's bigger on the inside, then it becomes a TARDIS. And that's a police box. That has to be a blue box. If it's the red box, that's just a regular phone. But a blue box is the police box, and it only calls the police. And not the group that Sting fronted. The singer Sting, not the wrestler Sting. So what we're saying is telephone, telegram, telewrestler, don't tell Terry Taylor. Right. I, thought Red Box, I thought Redbox is the thing that you get DVDs out of. I don't yep. have that here. I think we're ready to just... I'm so sorry. One hour, 13 minutes, 35 <laughs> seconds. Let's resume our opening match tonight for the WCW Hardcore Championship in three, two, one, play. There's the Funker himself. Please just punch Terry Taylor for me. Just, just punch him. Please. Do that too. Throw him in a dumpster and light the dumpster on fire. Because WCW's already a dumpster fire at this point. It would be symbolic. Indeed, it would. And as we're watching Terry Funk walk down the hallway, we can also kind of see up there further up Hulk Hogan being hauled off by the Chicago Police Department because he laid hands on and tried to choke out Eric Bischoff. I mean, who wouldn't in this what, era at least make the pain stop? What you guys don't know about this, you know, Terry Funk starts his match by kicking open a bathroom door. What you guys don't realize about this is Terry Funk actually took a page. from This happened about 45, 50 years ago from a middle-aged Anthony Pyrus when he, when he was trying to court his wife. And the only way he could finally do it was to kick down the bathroom stall door she was in and go from there i don't know how they're still together but here comes a part here comes here comes a pirate's maneuver we can count on three two one bam the pirate's kick get your history oh. right i had i had to scope out the nursery schools to meet my wife all right 
So was Norman Smiley eating a salad, or where was that at? <laughs> no, he's not <laughs> naked, so he wasn't eating a salad. But why the okay, fuck is he dressed like he just came from Wrigley? <laughs> right? I didn't well, see no red dress or nothing. It looks like he came from wherever the Mets fucking play with those disgusting colors. Oh, my God. I'm, I love how there's a crowd in there. They're just... What I loved is before he went to the bathroom to get him out of it, he asked where Norman Smiley was, and as one, everybody pointed back to the bathroom. <laughs> that guy right there. Oh, so Coke. I know. Uh, the wasting of the soda here. I'm like, seriously, do you know how much that would cost around here? You know the one thing that actually confused me as I put this together? Everything? Not, not everything. Some things did sort of make sense. There are five titles on the line tonight. This is our first title match. Yep. Our three big titles are being decided in tournaments. They'll be part of our final set of matches. The Cruiserweight Championship match, which is actually next on what we're covering in this card, is a six-man match. <laughs> How in the hell did we suddenly – What? Apparently, Norman Smiley is giving trying to give Terry Funk a bath, but he won't get in the sink. How did we get to these two wrestling for the hardcore title? Uh, because Vince Russo. Yeah, it's you got to turn your brain. You got to turn the brain off. You have to accept that this was the norm in the Russo era. Yeah, there, there were a few like like something like this. I mean, we don't know why it's happening, but it, it's a damn. It's so entertaining. There are a few small bright spots in that Russo dumpster fire of an era this is definitely one of them you know i will tell you though here's something that's not one of them the very first match on this card i'm going to read out loud this match and it just sounds just hearing you you have to read it out loud to realize how awful this sounds rick flair in the total package with miss elizabeth versus the harris brothers ron and don and the marmalukes johnny the bull and big Vito. With Disco Inferno. Which one of those is not like the other? It, 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 all of these suck. And that's, that, that sentence just hurt coming out of my mouth. I can just hear him. Like, I already, I can hear literally Vince Russo reading down, bro, hey, bro, bro, listen, what if, what if we had Ric Flair, all right, Ric Flair and a total package, right? Bro, no. and then we get in there with the Harris brothers, both of them, Ron and Don, both the Harris brothers. And then, of course, we have to have more people in this match. Bro, the Marmalukes, Johnny the Bull, Big Vito, the Disco Inferno, for the fuck of it, bro, it would be such a match. We're throwing it on first. Um, Rick Flair in the street well, clothes, too, bro. Phil, do you mind if I go down the rest of the card we're not covering real quick? Oh, why not? Okay. So after Ric Flair and Lex Luger advance to the finals of the World Tag Team Championship Tournament, we have Man Cow with Al Roker Jr., Turd the Bartender, and someone called Freak <laughs> taking on Jimmy Hart. <laughs> it gets slightly better from here. Our next match, match number three on the card, is Scott Steiner versus The Wall which I think Steiner wins by disqualification to move on in the United States heavyweight title tournament. Mike Awesome beats Ernest Miller to win the WCW United States or to move on in the WCW US title court tournament. 
Steve or uh, Shane Douglas and Buff, my mother still shaves my stuff. Bagwell takes on Harlem Heat two thousand with a bunch of other people in the other semifinal match for the WCW World Tag Team Titles. Then we get a good, a good at least on paper, it's a good sounding match. Sting wrestling Booker T in the quarterfinals for the WCW US title. On its face, that one is actually the best sounding match so far. And then I alluded to Hulk Hogan being hauled off by the cops. Um, the match before this one was Vampiro versus Billy Kidman to advance in the WCW US Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Which, if I remember right, I think... No, Vampiro wins that match because we skipped that, that one. That was probably a decent match, too. You know what the one thing that confuses me about this? They started backstage and they're making their way to the ring. The final pinfall, I guess, has to occur in the ring. I guess. I, I feel like that's not how this works. You know, does it, again, Vince Russo, that doesn't matter. We're applying logic. We have yeah, to stop had to doing throw that. Out any source of logic. You know, if, if you can suspend a little bit of logic and disbelief from this match, it's it's a hell of a match. Oh, Norman's oh. so entertaining. Oh, yeah, very much. So underrated. Uh, definitely, like, probably one of the top utility guys in 2000s WCW, which, I mean, I know you think that's not saying a lot. Please, dear God, take that so off. Entertaining. Uh, God, I love me some Norman Smiley. So the big wiggle. Let, let's go through what the rest of what we are covering. We also skip over a semifinal U.S. title match between Scott Steiner and Mike Awesome and Sting and Vampiro to get to our Cruiserweight title match, which is a six-man match featuring Chris Candido with former WWE Diva Sonny. The artist, I don't remember the artist. I must. I, I don't know a lot That's about that. Are they formerly known as Prince Iokea? Probably. Juventud Guerrera, Shannon Moore, Lash LaRue, and crowbar with Daphne. Lash LaRue, baby. R.I.P. Daphne, we miss you. We Lash see Rick Flair and and Lex Luger. I wanted to call him the total package. I just can't do it. Teaming, they're going up against Shane Douglas and Buff My Mom Shaves My Stuff Bagwell with Vince Russo in the final match of the WCW World Tag Title Tournament. Scott Steiner and Sting to determine a new U.S. champion in our main event of the evening. Features former WCW World Heavyweight Champion Diamond Dallas Page going up against, in some people's opinion, the greatest ever non-four horseman to ever cross through them ropes, J.E. How do you act muted? Fucker, I'm the host. I have a contract. Don't do that again. No, technical error. It wasn't me. The chosen one. The greatest of the four horsemen. You know what the best part about this is? We are only about a week and a half away from David Arquette winning the world title. Oh, God. Why did you remind me of that? That still wasn't the worst match in WCW history. No, it wasn't. Hell no. That still goes Hogan Warrior. No, that doesn't. You you have something worse. And Ellie got it. I do, but we're not allowed to talk about it. Oh, God, he just fell on that ladder. And Terry Funk no-sold it like a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what Terry Funk does. Stop chewing on my cords. Bad kid. (laughs) Welcome to the wonders of cat ownership. 
and now he's holding the ladder over his head. Oh, and- God. Nice. You know, it's, it's, that would still have to hurt. You can't fake that. Mm-hmm. And, oh. a and, a two, and we have a winner. And our you know, first I, new champion of the evening. Yeah, I'd, I'd stop moving after the ladder got thrown at me, too. I'm like, all right, I'm done. Mm-hmm. done. And uh, apropos that he wins the hardcore championship, that's definitely deserved for Terry Funk. Oh, my keyboard. Is this where we go to the main event? That was the main event. I mean, that's our show for this week. Ooh. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think that match the main event anywhere in the world. Anybody seen the ad for a free mouse pad? Uh, yes. I wonder if we send something to this peel box in Opalaka, Florida, if we'll get something. Deadline for request is June 16th, 2000. Anyway, let's move on now to the, our, the meat of our card. We go to one hour, 39 minutes, 30 seconds. We should see a bunch of people in the ring. The start of the WCW Cruiserweight title match. We got What's three the, count in the middle of the ring. What's the count? 39. One hour, 39 minutes, and 30 seconds. Go away, Mean Gene. All right. What do you win you all are? All right, our countdown to the main event begins now in three, two, one, play. Stop that. Bad kid. You really like the words main event because everything is the main event tonight, Henry. Quit beating on your kitty cat, Henry. You did that in Jacksonville. Three count, baby. Three count. That is where the straw incident happened. What is going on? Lord. So Lash and Crowbar are jumping three count with the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea, accompanied by one Paisley, also known as Queen Charmel. I know that guy, the redhead guy. I know him. Yes, and Chris Jericho called. He wants his t-shirt back. Adam, uh, we are definitely going to have to have a conversation to, to endeavor to get Mr. LaRue on this show for okay. recording because that dude is a class act. And, um, you know, Just I think you guys show him this match. I think he'd never want to come back if he had to watch this again. I know, I know you're, he's your uncle, cousin, sister's mom, twice removed or something like that. So I'm sure you could pull it off. Adam's from Bama, so he could be any type of relative possible. Could be his brother and his father, for all we know. He's his own grandpa. Yeah, if one, of those, that, one of those is true. I just don't know which one. If anybody gets that reference, he's his old grandpa, then I feel sorry for you. See, I know the reference. What about not changing history? Oh, look, a lesson in not changing history from Mr. I'm my own grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> look at Candido in the ring. God. Speaking of people we miss terribly, Chris Candido. Chris Candido's out there. Daphne's out there. Both gone way too soon. Unfortunately, Tammy's out there. Not gone soon enough. Oh, I'm sorry. I could. Stop. Stop that. Bad cat. I don't wish harm on anybody, but if Tammy had run into a telephone pole as opposed to the guy she killed, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, well, as long as she didn't take anybody else out. Yep. It, it's clear at this point, you know, Every time she would go to jail and come back, she'd always do something a little worse and come back. 
every time we're like, well, hopefully she's on the bed. Hopefully she turns around this time. I don't think at this point, A, she's not, she's not getting out of this. She's going to be in a slammer for a good while. Number two, I don't think she ever intended on, on quote unquote turning around. No. You can't help people that don't want to be helped. No, I'm no. Not really, the, only, the only people that need to be helped are her, the victims of the families that she yep. killed. You know what's bothering me lately? I'm seeing online a lot of people saying, well, Jeff Hardy needs needs to go to rehab. Jeff Hardy needs some help. And people are like, no, Jeff Hardy needs to take care of himself whenever he's ready to be taken care of. No. At this point in time, Jeff Hardy needs to go to jail for not his own good, for the good of the people that he is indirectly trying to kill with his behavior and his attitude. And if him being in jail for a year or two cures him, bonus. But it's I don't understand why Jeff Hardy keeps getting such a pass on the multiple DUI and drug counts that he's had against him. He always gets a pass and we always cheer for his ass uh, in the wildest way possible because he's Jeff frickin' Hardy and he's a former world champion. He's the, one of the sexiest wrestlers of all time, apparently. But each and every single time the guy shows up, you knew, inevitably, you knew when he signed with AEW. And they all laughed at the WWE for, oh, they, made, they, they told me I had to go to rehab, but he passed his drug test. You knew goddamn well it was going to end like this. And yes, he will get off. I'm sure he will because thank God nobody died this time. This time. Eventually, Jeff Hardy is going to kill somebody if he doesn't learn a lesson. We are long past the goddamn point of Jeff Hardy uh, getting another chance. Put him in the slammer for six months to a year. Teach him that he's not above the law because right now he thinks he is. And to spring off of that, we also have in the WWE one of the Uso brothers who has multiple... UI infractions and has yeah. had nothing done. And in fact, as soon as he came back to television, they gave him the fucking tag team championships. I do nothing as punishment like championships. I, I do want to say that, you know, obviously WWE and AEW are two entirely different animals. And, yeah. you know, WWE offered to send Jeff Hardy to rehab, you know, prior, you know, even though he walked out and, Obviously, Tony Khan said you can't come back into complete rehab. Uh, but WWE AEW backstage environments couldn't be different as far they're as far different as humanly possible. And maybe just maybe that the atmosphere and the people in AEW, and I'm not trying to show for AEW, are what Jeff needs to finally go, okay, this is what needs to happen. Here's what I need to do. Hopefully, maybe just that change in environment and change in, in his support system is is a bonus for him so you know maybe tony Khan can sprinkle more of his wrestling magic on him who knows he needs long-term help he needs longer than 90 days i don't know if jail is the perfect the perfect thing but because i've been down that road no and i think uh, like a maybe a year help like like constant somebody with him right there 24 7 Constant rehab help for like a year. Speaking of rehab, there's Frank back off his uh, latest <laughs> Coke binge. Yeah, my Coke binge. Hey, did you real real quick? Because I'm I'm driving home. Uh, I'll be in my normal area in a moment. I 
Phil, I don't know if you noticed or not, but I did let everyone know that you missed last week's recording due to your warts all over your ass and genitalia. Oh, I'm just curious as to how that's doing. Oh, those I probably won't talk about that. So I do have a ferret, and my ferret was very keen on gnawing those off. So those are still <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. And then, Adam, I had a quick question for you before I'm in my little studio. Um, you know, I have been watching a lot of Discovery Plus lately, and um, I have been enjoying the first 48. You familiar with that show, Adam? Yeah. I want to ask you what the fuck is going on in Mobile, Alabama. I don't know, but I know Birmingham's usually pretty big on that list on that show. So let me so tell you something. There's been I'm I'm on like episode 21 of this of this most recent season, and 20 of the episodes have had murders and killings and all sorts of crazy bullshit going on in Mobile, Alabama. And let me tell you something. I'm going to be way too close for comfort, am I not? Yeah, you'll be pretty close to Mobile. You'll be about two or three hours away. So, can you t- what 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 the fuck's going on in Mobile, Alabama? Why, why uh, stay away murdered? from Melville because that that's a six-hour drive for me. That's down south, close to Gulf Shores, so I don't go in that area unless I have to. And that's probably why my my ex is down there because she fits right in. So, oh my! Okay. About Mobile, Mobile because it is closer to the water. That is a Coast Guard city, so with a large transient population, because you have people rotating in and out every year, you're going to see a lot more of that. Well, I, it was free. It was freaking me out because it was either happening in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Atlanta, Georgia, or Mobile, Alabama, and I'm too close to those places now, and I don't want to be yeah. murdered. Now, listen, you're gonna be, be real right close to Mobile. Right, we all want you. You, you want? Did, did did the Rhode Island sex god just tell me he wants me to be murdered? No, we want you to be murdered. Not me. Everybody. We all want to be murdered. That's oh, all right. Wait a minute. Well, y'all, y'all I think nice I want my best friend murdered. <laughs> I don't want my bestie murdered either. All right. I will be right back. Okay, that that was Frank that froze. Banter, because. Yeah, sure. Um, yes, right, now that we've listen. been turned because fucking Frank had yeah. to fucking end our recording. This is so, the second time he's done this. Listen, real quick, everybody. We're at one hour, 48 minutes, seven seconds. Let's hit play now. Everyone good to go? And I will mm-hmm. apologize. I hit play. All right. Oh, so um, You can apologize and you know where the apologizing room is, mister. Up my The most room? What? You can apologize. You know what the apologizing room is. Gorgeous Elizabeth was back in those days. Oh, God. Roll Tide. What is she not? Well, I assume like the day after she died at the funeral, she probably... (laughs) (laughs) What did you say? Where's Bama? She was probably cold. Oh, my God! Well, so just so everyone knows, real quick, we peek behind the curtain here. I um, Frank, in studio. Go ahead. Are we recording? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's why I said hit play. And can someone give me a time code? Someone decided to unplug my microphone. Forty nine oh three oh four oh five. So, um, it, I, you know, don't use Streamyard on your phone because um, when I go to leave, when I, I went to leave the studio and i 
closed the room. So I'm sorry. You have a cat. I would yes. Like to, uh, I would like to the power is taking over. It's not just me and Sapphire now. I would like to point out that during a charity event, a goddamn charity event, mind you, halfway through, we're rolling. We're making money. Greg Bruno does the exact same thing he does now. The, the disrespect from this man. He buys a Dodge Charger. He drives 180 miles an hour. He blows cocaine through, snorts cocaine through his nose and blows it out of his ass. He murders hookers unceremoniously after having his way with them. And now he's going to New Orleans to do the same thing. Where does his depravity end? Well, you know, you pay for the hookers so they go away. So, yeah, you know, they're not going to say anything. Are we talking, wait, are, are we saying are we saying Frank is interning under Vincent Kennedy McMahon? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Hold on a second. I You're apparently Vinnie Mac's intern. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. Does that require a side inter internship course under the Nature Boy, too? Oh, my God. I don't know if you all heard I'll uh, mention this before, but I'm looking in our chat and what does titillate the juices of your guilty pleasures? I don't know, but that's Antonio's new favorite thing and I want to smack him. That's titillate actually, the juices is his new thing? I, that's, that's actually I, go ahead. That's actually the perfect segue for the Top Guy Theater group chat quote of the week. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this week's quote is brought to you by none other than show himself, Mr. Frank Bruno. And Frank says, we will be happy to do a pirate on you, but you have to be here for it to happen. When did I, when did I say that? That was a long time ago. I want to say that was earlier in the week. Oh, <clears throat> okay. Um, by the way, what the hell are we watching? <laughs> Spring Stampede. Well, I, know, I know that. I'm trying. Did, did you? Uh, wow. Um, good lord. Why? What are you seeing that we're not? Well, I mean, it's Buff and it's Dean Douglas or whatever his name is, Shane Douglas. You got what's his face coming down in his Mets jersey. Yep, there's Russo. That's Vince Russo. What? Where, where, uh, oh, this is in. Is this in the United Center? So, this many, is Chicago. Yes. Um, I'm assuming you didn't map it already. How many people? Were no, there? I didn't because there were things that I included in my special segment because I'm not talking about the arena tonight because we've done this place to death. And when I say to death, I mean to death that required you to be here because I wanted you to hear me make nice with people. Adam, what hour, 52 minutes, 16, 17? I'd go ahead. It, it's, it's a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> It literally was. It started with Terry Funk taking down a bathroom door. It doesn't and mean more than that. What the other people will we be so having the problem? Disconnected the feed. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's TGT. Any, anything can happen in Top Guy Theater. Goddamn. Adam. Goddamn, Adam, pal. Who the hell promoted Nick Patrick to the referee of the Ric Flair match after he fucked up the Norman Smiling match? It's a mustache. You, you, got, you cannot deny that mustache greatness. It's it's the porn stash, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you guys need to go watch Top Gun Maverick and see what Miles Teller has on his face as Bradley Bradshaw, because no. the porn stash is apparently alive and well. No. Or if you don't want to give money to Tom Cruise and the Church of Scientology, stay right here on Peacock, 
looked up World Championship Wrestling circa 1987 in the WWE section of Peacock, and you can see Tony Schiavone sport the exact same thing. Hey, go straight, guys. Go straight, of course. Go to the 19. Go to go to whatever internet browser you've got. Look up John Wad starring John Holmes. That's a that's a porn stash. Yeah. See, the last time I looked up John Holmes, I saw his cock. <laughs> I don't want to have to explain to people again. Let me let me ask you guys this question here. So right now, right now we've got. I think I broke pliers. Right now we've got Chris Bagno and uh, Jesus Christ. I'm trying to Who's John Holmes? So, we, we had Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger in the ring just a second ago. And at this point, WCW, probably the most egotistical self-centered individual. Brandy's doing. Brandy's doing. Oh, is this, the, is this the king of a thousand porn films? Wow. Sorry, John Holmes. So my question is, is what do you guys think Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger laying out a match together sounds like? Is are we talking about like post drugs or pre pre drugs? Right now, WCW two thousand, Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell. Probably. Okay, I got it. I got it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Question. Yeah. While they're planning the match, are they in the shower? And is Buff Bagwell's mother shaving Buff Bagwell's coin purse while Lex Luger's trying to lay out the match? (laughs) Okay. I have the I have the conversation right here. Here's the conversation. All right, let's hear it. I just, hey Buff, hey Buff. Oh, okay. hey Lex, how about I? Yeah. Oh, goddamn it! Stop that, ma. <laughs> and then, and then they wake up from all the pills and stuff they had, and then they realize, oh wow, it's 2001. What happened? What the hell did I just get laid? I I wanted to touch on this since we got Buff Buff in the ring. What do you guys think about what's going on with uh, Buff Bagwell right now? uh, Oh God! So the the big debate. Okay, so let me, as the chief journalist among us, let me recap for those of you who don't know what's going on. It was revealed that Buff Bagwell, who had fought, who had found some, you know, a little bit of infamy, a little positive PR on Twitter. It turns out that Buff was not the one running his Twitter account. Now, that's not a problem. Lots of people use, you know, you employ people to do that for you, go through a company, whatever. But apparently this person, Michael, Michael Long, is an associate of one Teddy Hart, who is of dubious reputation on his own, but is also a convicted sex offender and is on your local sex offender registry website. So, yeah, he had taken on or agreed to be part of Buff's team to run his social media to sort of shine up his own image and get over a bit by saying all the right things. That's exactly what and, he did. Um, there was also some merchandise that was ordered directly through Michael or people who thought they were dealing with Buff that was never produced or, you know, sent to the people. Um, there was an artist that worked with Michael to do artwork for the t-shirts and he got paid nothing for his work. 
Uh, Buff put out a video apologizing. He claims he had no knowledge of Michael's past. He claims that he had no knowledge of the uh, merchandising thing that went awry. He claims he did not receive the money. He did reach out to the person on Twitter, the artist in question, who did artwork for the t-shirts that are available on Pro Wrestling Tees. And apparently they are talking and that is going to be made right. So here's here's my thing. I, I know a lot of people have, you know, people that run their Twitters because they're very busy. So people will run them for PR stuff, but then, you know, then again, they'll also hop on their own Twitters and do stuff. It, it's just a thing. But people were suspicious basically since day one that someone else has run his Twitter after his, when he hit, did his rehab thing and he started doing stuff with Diamond Dallas Page and trying to turn it into leaf because his comments, his commentary, his opinions, his values, everything did a complete 180. It wasn't just a, a little bit different or I'm going to be nicer. It's like anti buff Bagwell comments. And a lot of people think he's a little bit more of a shitty human being for that because he's not really being genuine. What do you guys think? Well, I uh, met Buff personally. But uh, it was back when, after he broke his neck and was bad into the painkillers. And he wasn't a nice person then. All he wanted was money and pain pills. That's all he talked about was how he broke his neck. And he wasn't a genuine person then. So my my interaction with him wasn't the best. Uh, it's good to see that he's doing better now. I'm proud that he is. But I wish I could meet the buff now instead of the buff back then. You know, Sean Waltman uh, was on Twitter, and right after it happened, he said, I didn't believe him for a second. So Sean was Sean was suspicious of the whole buff account on, you know. So basically my question is, is if you're a wrestler and you have someone running your Twitter account for you, which I think most wrestlers run their own accounts. Uh, but if you, ever, oh. if you have someone running your account for you. John Holmes does have a big dick. Yeah. Yes, he does. Ah! Thank wow. you. Wow, really I gotta stop. I gotta stop watching this, and she needs to shave. Wow. Anyway, so, hey, hey, wait hey, a Frank, minute, Frank. Before did. we keep going, I apologize, Phil. I'm gonna hijack it here for just a second. Okay, because I, I I pulled him up on Wikipedia, and John Holmes was also known by some Jesus other names. Some of these are actually kind of fun. Um, give me a second here. Long John Wad, Johnny B Wad. What the fuck? No, Johnny John Wad. C Wad. <laughs> Wadzilla, the sheriff of Grottingham. Big dick. <laughs> oh, Phil, I missed you last week, buddy. <laughs> oh my God, is that Chronic? Yes. Yes. That Chronic was a badass tag team. I wish WWE would have been able to do something better with them. So my, and now Vince Russo ah, is stripping McPatrick. Fucking oh. McPatrick. That's disgusting. So re real quick, I want to get this out. So with, with people running other people's Twitter's account, do you think that in pro wrestling, that's something that if – do you think that should be a thing or do you think wrestlers should run their own accounts? I don't have a problem with somebody else running your Twitter. You should notate that, you know, if it's the wrestler who's tweeting something, like sign it. Saying so, okay, this is the person that's actually, this is the wrestler, and then, you know, the tweets can be whoever's running it at that point in time. The problem I have is I watched his video. 
and it was very self-centered. Like you very about Buff Bagwell. Very about how he feels and how this affects him and how grateful he is for all the support. And he hopes that support will continue in the future. Whereas he's not really addressing the major questions are. Because the account was coming out with very pro-LGBTQ, pro-women's rights. Exactly. A lot of very progressive things that may or may not be Buff Bagwell's actual views and opinions and the way he addressed it was kind of just skirting it saying I love everybody exactly as they are which that's the biggest lie next to I have read these terms and conditions because everybody's <laughs> some sort of bias oh, Brandy, that was whether beautiful. it's conscious or unconscious so I don't I want to believe that Buff is going to make some of this right I don't think he's going to be the Buff that this Twitter account led us to believe that he's going to be and that's what I don't like. I don't, I don't like, I guess maybe we'll call them shadow users or, or, um, what, however, what is ghost users? It's just like people have a ghost writer for a book, a ghost user on a Twitter account. So if that becomes a thing, I, I'm, I'm claiming it right now. I, I, I coined that phrase. So I don't like ghost users. Let's take, let's take Ray Ripley, um, the last couple of days, for example. Shotzi Blackheart, you know, people got all over her about, her Twitter account. She sent her Twitter account off. Rhea Ripley immediately came to her defense. Unwarranted abuse she yeah, took. Absolutely. And then, you know, just not even that long prior to that, people were, were body shaming her. Um, you know, because she's a, a, a buff lady. I mean, but she's not like Scott Steiner, who we're seeing coming to the ring buff. I mean, but she's very, very well put together. And people were shaming her for it, and she shut him down. And that's why I think it's like if you're gonna have a Twitter. You need to have your own personal direct opinions on that because that's what it's for. It's not for your your person doing your stuff to have a voice. It's for you to have a voice. No, I can understand like the president of the United States or a, a CEO of a mega corporation, something like that. I can see someone doing tweets for that person that are of that person's mindset or along that person's lines. But as an individual. You know, whether you're a wrestler or, or reflecting yourself in real life, I don't get it. Uh, real quick, I think Sting should have fixed his, his makeup. It's um, me nuts. Yeah. Also, <laughs> it, it, something I wanted to address, and I we addressed this on the last show, but I, I was just uh, going back to Rhea. I was really disgusted by the one gentleman that, that tweeted that Rhea oh. Ripley should be abused. And these are the reasons why I cannot be on social media as much as anymore because these these keyboard warriors it's like us like we show our faces but like nobody can get to us so we could talk a mad shit if we wanted to and we're not like that we're positive human beings with positive thinkings in the world but I don't understand how some people can just sit behind their little keyboards and and spew the hate they spew and bully I mean God bless Rhea Ripley for like she retweeted that, and let me tell you that the the hate that guy got probably led to him shutting his Twitter down because she's yep. that was disgusting. I can tell you why people do that, Frank, right now because they're small dick people that are incels that have never seen a naked human uh, that have never seen a naked woman unless they gave them a, a dollar at the Foxy Lady, and they have no life, they have absolutely no reason for being, but they come down there and they think they're big and tough because they can talk about Rhea Ripley somehow deserving to be abused, or they go online and they and they same women. 
look, I'm sorry. If you cannot understand that women like Rhea Ripley, Diana Perazzo, if you can't see that they are beautiful women, then you are an absolute freaking moron. And I know I'm not going to talk shit or talk crap to some woman that I know can whoop my tail. It, it, I'm, I'm smaller than that. It shouldn't be about looks at all. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, wrestlers are held to a, a specific standard. I'll, I'll quote something earlier tonight. Uh, Piper Devin, Dewdrop. God, I fucking hate that name. I hate it too. It's a derogatory, derogatory name. Yeah. yeah. She posted a picture on Twitter earlier today of herself in a sports bra showing her, her working out. And Charlotte Flair retweeted it. And, you know, uh, do most fans like I, I know she doesn't have a very large fan base she's very talented oh but, she's awesome yeah but yep. you know body shamers are going to hold someone like her back compared to someone like a Rhea ripley and i'm not saying that's Rhea ripley's fault because it's absolutely not but if you go ahead if you go on if you go on twitter and say i would never have sex with xyz female wrestling trust me that was never an option for your impotent small dick incel ass Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I love you. I love and you. it doesn't it doesn't even stop with people who are in the public eye, like mm-hmm. a Rhea Ripley, like a Shotzi Blackheart, like uh Piper Nevin. I will post a photo and I guarantee you I will at least have one person coming into my comments saying something incredibly nasty about the way that I look. Frank, we told you to stop doing that to her. Stop it. First There's of all, nothing me, more beautiful be, than a confident me, woman. Let me make this woman. very, very let me hold on. Let me make this very, very clear to anybody that watches this, listens to this. But Brandy's number one fan is right here in Rhode Island, soon to be in New Orleans. No, because I excuse me, sex god. Second, okay. I love. One A, one B, one A, one B. Yeah, I have seen I have seen her incredible transformation firsthand. I have seen her incredible growth as a person. As uh, I've I have been there through some of her mental journey uh, that she still works on today, and I have seen her work her ass off to drop weight. But I think, and I said this a year ago, that Brandy's beautiful just the way she is. Amen, brother. I would have do a your confidence. Real confidence has grown so much, Brandy. Henry's hand is up. Henry's hand is up. What's up? Two things. Number one, all of what you just said was right. Thank you, Phil, but that was like 30 seconds too late. All of what you just said was right, except for one thing. Her number one fan is in this room, but he's not in Rhode Island, he's not in Illinois. Not even here in New York. It's the tripod man from Rottingham, who's Brandy Wagner's number one fan. Right there. Hey, uh, I just wanted a quick quick update for those that are curious. Uh, Trevor Story scores in the bottom of the sixth. The Red Sox now lead the Yankees seven to six. An incredible comeback. Not that it's going to win. Not that they're going to win. And I'm not saying, believe me, Anthony, I'm not saying that to rub 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 salt in a wound because. They're still going to win the division by 20 fucking games. He's only 14 and a half behind him. I'm sure he'll come back eventually. Right, right. So, <laughs> I'm I'm just, I, bought, I bought an iWatch, and I'm getting all my notifications. I'm oh, like, yes. This like, will rule your life now. Because yeah. you're going to see you get all your notifications first here. Yeah, it's really cool. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. They're, I'm getting notifications. Sucks. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm going to comment real quick. This Sting Scott Stoddard match is actually really good. 
I've been right? watching not, not all time. of the matches in this show were terrible. Uh, this one actually is, has had my attention. Besides the Terry Funk Norman Smiley match, this match has held my attention since it started. You can uh, never, this is a solid you can, match. Ever. On top of what Frank said, there's nothing more beautiful than a confident woman. I don't care, big, small, beautiful, whatever. Nothing is more beautiful than a confident woman. Frank. Remember that when I make you my bitch in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had Nashville, you had Jacksonville. What else do you want from me? You want, you want he, he apparently wants you to ride him all the way out to California because <laughs> you thought you were going to Los Angeles. Go, what, is it, what is the guy's name? Jack Holmes? I'm going to go Jack Holmes on your ass. John Holmes. I forgot already. Adam, Frank requires handies the entire trip down there. Okay. Well, he can't give me a handy while he's driving. Oh, yes, he can. Frank has a pretty strong grip. I don't know how if y'all know that or not, but Frank's got a hell of a grip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a strong grip on I have a strong grip on a burrito. That's what, <laughs> what are you time outing, Henry? What is someone doing? that has been a recipient of a handy oh, while somebody else what is driving? this shit? It is fully possible. Here here's the thing. So Vampiro just comes up through the ring and pulls Sting down. Now this is—is is this a result of Sting defeating him earlier in the evening? I think they're also going continuing with this Vampiro Sting storyline. I mean, why are look, we still closing up on this fucking open hole in the ring? First, first, first throw it. They're just—I mean, they're—I mean, when you're ripping off the Undertaker, I don't—I don't understand. At least do it right, or at least do it well. You know, by the way, a moment like this, by the full disclosure, back in 2000, when the rest of you guys probably either A, weren't born, B, were still in diapers, or C, were eight or nine years old and weren't properly potty trained, my poor wife actually paid half the bill for me to watch this pay-per-view. So I I can't believe she actually endured this. Yes, Shannon is a saint. If you don't know who Shannon is, Shannon is the lovely, wonderful other half of the Rhode Island the sex strawberry god. Jelly. Oh, the better half. Him. She is the real Rhode Island sex god. Oh, I tell her that all the time. <laughs> Frank, well, we are running out of show. We have one match left. Worst in government accounting, which oh, means god. all the best women work. I think that means Henry is ready to map it. Are you ready, Henry? I've been ready for 15 minutes, but I couldn't get a word in edgewise because y'all well, don't stop talking. Well, here we go. Bapping time. Yo, ho, ho. Hey. Blow me down. Na, 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 na. Well, no one cares what he thinks anyway. Um, hey, fuck off. We love Kevin Owens. Yes, Frank? I, as I'm waiting for Phil to finish whatever he's doing there, I got caught up here watching a replay. I wonder if they practice pulling each other through that hole in the ring or if it just kind of 
that's something that just kind of naturally happens. Well, for Frank, pulling pulling holes is very natural for Frank. Yeah, yeah, it is. This week, we go back in time to cover something we covered long, long ago. WCW Spring Stampede 2000 from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois, April 16th, 2000. We are six days past the reboot of World Championship Wrestling, where Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff got the brilliant idea to reinvigorate the product by stripping all of the champions of all of their titles and begin a new storyline that was going to save the company and finally take down the World Wrestling Federation. And I'm lying to myself. That doesn't actually happen. This is the final edition of WCW Spring Stampede. This was the <coughs> April pay-per-view from 1996 through 2000, and there would not be another one. World Championship oh, Wrestling God. would be purchased by the WWF before the next Spring Stampede in March of 2001. So I guess you could say the next April WCW pay-per-view was WrestleMania 17. Um, this show receives a .25 buy rate, which translates to roughly 115,000 buys. In my research, I found something that surprised me. There were three WCW pay-per-views in the year 2000 that broke the 100,000 or better pay-per-view buy threshold. This was one of them. This actually tied sold out from January, which had the same number of buys. And the only other 100,000 pay-per-view was Bash to Beach 2000, where Vince Russo fucks over Hulk Hogan, and it's a whole thing. We'll eventually cover it someday, I'm sure. By contrast, the previous year's version of this pay-per-view, the 1999 edition of Spring Stampede, coming from the Tacoma Dome, would see Diamond Dallas Page win his first WCW World Heavyweight title in a four-corners match, achieved a buy rate of 255,000 buys. That number, all by itself, year over year, paints the clearest picture possible that the tires have fallen off the WCW minivan. They've fallen the fuck off. And apparently nobody knows how to chase him back and put him back on the van again because things just don't get better from here. On the other side, WWF puts on two pay-per-views in the calendar month of April. WrestleMania 16, which is better accurately billed as WrestleMania 2000, and Backlash 2000. Both of these events draw more people than tonight's show. This show drew about 12,000 people. WrestleMania 7, or 16 drew 19,000 and change to the Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim. And Backlash 2000 drew about 20,000 people to the MCI Center, which was probably better remembered at the time as a home of WCW Starcade pay-per-view. Both pay-per-views combined in the month of April for WWE achieved more than 1.4 million buys. Separately, WrestleMania 16 achieved 824,000 buys. Month or from beginning to end of month, Backlash went down to 650,000, but both of those numbers completely blow WCW Spring Stampede 2000 completely out of the water. There are five title matches on this card tonight. We have already covered four. We've also had Frank kill our connection. So we've actually had to start over the show, sort of. Um, yeah, we should. We should really do that, Phil. Um, one of the titles that gets vacated on the April 10th edition of Monday Nitro isn't up for grabs tonight. It was quietly retired. The WCW World Television title which began its lineage back in 1974 
as the Mid-Atlantic Television Championship, which would eventually make its way through the NWA and into WCW, was quietly retired in, that night in Denver. The final recognized champion was Jim Duggan, who on February 19th, 2000, on an episode of WCW Saturday Night, found the world television title in a trash can and proceeded to hold it until they rebooted WCW two months later. The final champion to win that belt in a match, believe it or not, was Scott Hall, who won it at Mayhem 1999, but would abandon the title eight days later, where it would fall into disrepair. The lineage of this belt is currently owned by WWE, though its spiritual successor is the current NWA World Television Championship, that the NWA that exists now under the ownership of Billy Corgan alludes to this belt all the time, but cannot use its lineage because it was a WCW property and it is now owned by WWE. Now, normally when I do these segments, I would talk about the arena that we're in. I would talk about the city that we're in, but I've talked Chicago to death in other shows, which are available in our archives. I believe I've also talked to the United Center to death in other shows that are available in our archives. You should go give them a listen. I believe that they're all great. So I decided tonight that I wanted to take just a moment and chronicle someone of importance from the city of Chicago. And I'm going to ask Phil and Frank to both pretend for a minute like they haven't read my notes. <laughs> and try to guess who this person is, because I think everybody will be pleasantly surprised. I haven't read your notes, so. Ah, well, well you I have I I have them open, but uh, when you said that, I did not scroll down. Um, the, only note, the only notes I got were, "Hey, this pay per view sucks." I won't, I won't, I won't guess because I read the notes, so I know. So my guess is biased. City of Chicago, uh, Walter Payton. Mm-hmm. But he I know football. who it is because I asked. I was asked to do some research on. William Refrigerator Perry. No. Uh, if you players, I would move off the field. See a puck. Dick Buckus. You care to take a guess, Rhode Island sex god? What's the I question? Picked a, I, I picked a person from Chicago sports history to chronicle. Mike Dicka. Michael no. Jordan. I don't think Michael Jordan was from Chicago. Mongo. Oh. Mongo. I almost did Mongo McMichael, but I elected not to, and hopefully it'll make a little bit of sense as I start here. Um, There are three people in the history of professional football who are members of both the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, and the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, wherever the hell that is up in Canada. And... Rhode Island sex god thinks he's figured it out. Who am I talking about? One is Bronco Nagurski. I know that. Yes. Would would another be Angela Mosca? Okay. Both of those. I actually, I had to look it up because I didn't know myself. The first is former Minnesota Vikings head coach, Bud Grant, who was also at one time the head coach of the CFL's Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The second is former Tennessee Titans quarterback Warren Moon. Oh, shit. Which is why I saved this for when Frank was here. I don't know who he played for in Canada, but Warren Moon was one of the other two people that was elected to the Canadian Football Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I didn't know that. 
The third yep. is a recent inductee and someone who I hold near and dear to my heart. Give me just a second here. And I will start from where I actually typed this up. It's not Try to wrap it up because we're starting the main event. It's not Nagurski. Okay. On August the 3rd, 1925, a man by the name Marv Levy was born in the south side of Chicago, Illinois. In a career that spanned... <laughs> Sorry. What the fuck are you laughing at? God, Anthony. <laughs> Go ahead. What did I miss? Henry, I want you to keep going. You didn't miss anything. Then why were you laughing at me, goddammit? I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing at the Rhode Island sex god. Oh, why? Did he make faces? He made faces, yes. Okay. In the course of a more than 50-year career in professional football at all levels of the game, yep. after honorably serving the U.S. Army Air Force during World War II, he began a career which would start at the St. Louis County Day School, which I believe is somewhere in Missouri. I didn't actually look that up. He also spent time in coaching positions at Division Three School Co. College, the College of William & Mary, which is notable because it is the alma mater of current Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin and current Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott. He was also the head coach of the college teams from the Universities of New Mexico and the University of California, Berkeley, and was a position coach with the Philadelphia Eagles, Los Angeles Rams pre-1995, and the Washington football team. Calling them their other name would be very racist, and I absolutely refuse to call them the Washington Commanders. Daniel Snyder, you can suck my chode. Sell your fucking team. You're a piece of shit dirtbag. Henry, please say suck my chode more often on the show. He begins his head coaching career in Montreal, Canada, where he spent five years with the Montreal Alouettes of the Canadian Football League, taking them to the playoffs three times and winning the Canadian equivalent of the Super Bowl and the Lombardi Trophy, the Grey Cup, twice. He would then make his way down to Kansas City, take over as head coach of the Chiefs, and that was dismal. It did not end well. In 1984, he would take over as the head coach of the USFL's Chicago Blitz, take them to a 5-13 and record, and then make his way back to Montreal, where he was preparing to become the head coach of their team again. Until midway through the 1986 NFL season, he got a telephone call and made his way to Buffalo, New York. In 11 and a half seasons with the Bills, Levy would achieve a record, a win-loss record of 112 and 70. Levy is best known for being one of only two head coaches in the NFL history to have a winning record against Hall of Fame head coach and Miami Dolphins legend Don Shula. Levy was also the opposing head coach in what was Don Shula's final game, a 37-22 wildcard round win in the 1995 NFL playoffs in Buffalo, which would be both the last time Buffalo would win a playoff game and host one for a little over 25 years. Thanks a lot, Frank Wycheck and Miles Dyson. And fuck you too, Jeff Fisher. Kevin Dyson, but all right. Whatever. He also posted an 11 and 8 postseason record, which stands as the best of any court of any head coach that's never actually won a championship. In nicest guy in prison. Nicest guy in prison. <laughs> OJ Simpson probably was the nicest guy in prison, but I'm not talking about him. Um, <laughs> um, like, 
I'm surprised somebody didn't beat me to the joke already about how he was a head coach of a team that went to the Super Bowl four straight times and lost. It's I'm also waiting. worth noting I'm... that Bud Grant, as head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, was the first head coach to do to take a team to four of them at all. <laughs> Marv Levy just screwed up big by taking them all together, back to back to back to back to back, and not being able to win. But between all three leagues, Levy would compile a head coaching record by the time he finally retired in 1997 of 197, 154, and 4. I don't know that those numbers are right. I had to check them against three sources. My math is kind of rusty. In 2001, he was inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, where he joined former players Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid, the late Lamar Hunt, the founder of the AFL and owner of the Kansas City Chiefs until he died in 2005, and team founder Ralph Wilson of the Buffalo Bills. Several years after he was inducted, actually about 20, Levy became the third person to be inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, who was also an inductee of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was inducted last year, in 2021. He was accepted into the league, into the hall, but he was only inducted earlier this year, which was why I felt it kind of poignant to talk about it now, especially since we were in Chicago. Jim, or Levy also made the effort at Super Bowl 54 to recognize a group of outstanding Americans who served their country during World War II to mark the 75th anniversary of the end of the war. One of them, I actually had to look it up because I couldn't remember what his name was, was a Tuskegee Airman by the name of, give me just a second here, God damn it, it's here somewhere. Charlie McGee who was one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen when he passed away earlier this year at the age of 102. When he retired from the Air Force, he was a bird colonel. Two days after Super Bowl 54, he would be promoted by act of Congress to Brigadier General in the United States Air Force. I said all of that and got kind of long-winded, and I apologize. Maybe I should just kind of stick to talking about places. Not but forgiven. I, I felt it poignant to talk about Levy for two reasons. One, I think it's an accolade in and of itself to be elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. It is an even bigger accolade to be part of more than one Hall of Fame. Marv Levy will eventually, probably sooner rather than later, because he'll turn 97 in a few weeks, make his way up to the big sky box up there, take a nice seat next to Lamar Hunt and Ralph Wilson. I hope if he's still alive when the day comes, when Buffalo actually wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, that the Bills do the same thing that they did for a secretary, that the Eagles did for a secretary of theirs that got fired unceremoniously by Andy Reid after being with the team for almost 40 years and give him the ring and the accolades that he so richly deserved. I didn't think I'd finish that with a saying from Gorilla Monsoon, but I guess it kind of works. And with that, let's go back to the main event. That's that's my mapping. So um, you made a very poignant point about um, a poignant the, a, point. A, a poignant point, yeah, uh, about being accepted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I want to tell the Pro Football Hall of Fame now that you cannot keep denying Steve McNair and Eddie George. They deserve to be there too. Oh, Agreed. Uh, I've actually been watching, I've been on a football kick recently. I was watching a lot of documentaries and top 10 lists and histories and 
it's very interesting the structure that they have um, for how you can get nominated and like what the time windows are. It's very interesting, but it's very difficult to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There are less than 300 members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and the NFL is over 100 years old. It, it is worth noting, to Brandy's point, that I, I believe that once you officially retire, there is a five-year window before you can be considered for the first ballot. That is true, yep. Andre Reid retired at the end of the 1999 season. It took him until 2014 to be inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And but once you close out the first, I want to say it's either 15 or 20 years after your eligibility as an active player or as a current player, you move on to the legacy wing. And that's even harder to get on because that's settled by a different uh, set of press members. Like there's a, a set of press member, a board members that debate and talk about who uh, get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And then there's a separate board that discusses the legacy wing inductees. And every year there's only one or two legacy wing inductees per class. So once you cross over into that threshold from current player to legacy wing, it's much, much harder to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame because there is only one or two names, if any at all, get forwarded to the final ballot. It's worth noting, I actually took a moment to look it up. Warren Moon played in an NFL and a CFL career that lasted 22 seasons. He actually began in the CFL with the Edmonton Eskimos before he would spend nine years of his playing career in Houston with the Oilers. He would also play for the Minnesota Vikings, the Seattle Seahawks, and would play his final two seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs before he retired at the end of the 2000 season. Um, he was the Offensive Player of the Year in 1990. He was the NFL's Man of the Year in 19, the year before that, 1989. He had his number retired by the Titans, despite the fact that though the Houston Oilers and the Tennessee Titans are the same team, <clears throat> he never actually played it down with the, with the Titans after the Oilers moved to Tennessee. Um, he won the Grey Cup tw or five times. Mm -hmm. that, that can't possibly be right. I think but, you might be thinking... Say that again? You might be thinking of Doug Flutie on that one. Doug Flutie He's, won the uh, Grey Cup five times. That is correct. Damn straight, baby. Doug Flutie. Woo! In case anyone... You want to talk about people who should be members of both the NFL Hall of Fame and the CFL Hall of Fame is Doug Flutie. Because Doug Flutie kind of washed out of the NFL in his first time. He was drafted by the Bears. He lasted for about a season. He did not do very well. He went up to Canada and wins fucking five Grey Cups. Wait, I'm sorry. And then comes where back did, to the NFL. The, where did he and, go before? Uh, what? what, what Patriots, baby. That's right. He also played <clears> for the Buffalo Bills and the San Diego Chargers. But... I, I, I hadn't planned on doing this. I, I, I really hadn't. Because I don't like speak ill of the dead. At all. Uh -oh. But Ralph Wilson, wherever the hell you are now, fuck you for making Wade Phillips play Rob Johnson. That motherfucker Thank could not play football. He was Nathan Peterman before Nathan Peterman was a thing. Fuck you. Wow. In 1999, Doug Flutie could have led Buffalo to a Super Bowl. Uh, whether or not they would have won is an Absolutely entirely open question. But because 
Doug Rob was the hot Johnson was six foot four and had the dark brown hair and he was what a quarterback should look like. That's who Ralph Wilson wanted played. So he put pressure on Coach Wade Phillips to play Rob Johnson, who they also played a fuck ton of money. And because Doug Flutie is probably on a good day five seven five eight, <clears throat> he's not what most people think of when they think of an NFL quarterback. Controversial take since I have two Pats fans in the room. Buffalo's best quarterback until Josh Allen after Jim Kelly retired was Doug Flutie. It was. It's that's not a controversial opinion. You know, you're right. I, I, I don't mean to interject here, but this this all of this is very, 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 very riveting conversation. I have no idea. I, I, I have no idea who any of these people are, or what they've done in their lives or their careers. Whether at whether they're dead or alive, all I know is Jeff Jarrett's got the figure four leg lock on DDP, and, and his uh, shoulders are down. And Charles Robinson's not counting him out. And apparently, Doug Flutie has something to do with this. Well, Doug about Flutie is a twenty-four-seven champion, just like Rob Gronkowski. I couldn't help it. I, okay, Bama, fuck you. You watch football. Not in a college football. I dozed off. Sorry. Bama, does Lash LaRue live in Louisiana? No, he lives in Anniston, Alabama, which is 20 minutes from me. So why don't you go over and knock on his front door and say hello? I don't go over uninvited. What I'm trying to find is when the hell was Warren Moon inducted into the CFL Hall of Fame? There we go. Oh, God. No. Wait. <laughs> Who remembers what happens at the end of this match? Is there a... I'm going to guess there's probably a guitar shot. Is there a swerve, bro? Oh, God. What I do, well, Adam, you, are you, Adam, if you're, are you telling me if I invited you to a Titans game or a Saints game, you wouldn't go? I'd go 100%. I just couldn't tell you nothing, nothing about it. I mean, I thought Stampede, Spring Stampede 2000 was like the worst thing we're going to do tonight. But y'all proved that shit wrong. <laughs> that hurts my feelings. Before we finish up this whole football talk, uh, the hockey season schedule came out this week. So I'm going to be going to two football games this year. I will be seeing the San Francisco 49ers host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then I will be hopping on a jet plane over to Arizona to cheer on our boys, the Pats, as they come in to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, so, you may or may not see Carl Bandick there. I don't know. I'm going to hook up with Sean Jones. He said he is down to hang out and possibly go to the game with me there in Arizona. But I'm literally, I'm flying in Monday morning. The game is Monday night, and then I'm leaving Tuesday morning. <laughs> oh, my God. Adam, I got to call you out. Adam, I got to call you out. Okay. I don't know who Warren Flutie or none of them are. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nothing to do with football. You were here about two weeks ago. About two weeks ago, you weren't here for this particular conversation, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna point it out. I had a wonderful conversation with Mike Whitaker. Wonderful man. I would give him a kidney. I hell, I'd give him my heart if I could. But uh, I asked him very politely on a Zoom call that you were not a part of. It was just me, Sorensen, and uh, Whitaker. Oh, that and had to be that had to be riveting. It was riveting, and until I asked him, "Hey, would you give me?" I, I love the man. Please don't call him out for this. I asked him point blank. I said, hey, tell me about the derivation, which means origin, of the kickout crew. I love the show. Like, I, like I've been telling everybody, the best hour podcast you'll ever find. Unfortunately, it's two and a half hours long. Um, 
tired. <laughs> I really don't mean to interrupt the last you. Last one was two and a half, almost three hours. But, but we just talked over what was the most hilarious thing in this goddamn pay-per-view. Eric Bischoff interfered and grabbed hold of Charles Robinson, and he's pushing him away as Charles Robinson is desperately trying to hit Eric Bischoff. Come Here out. comes the swerve, it's the, bro. It's the bro, funniest bro. fucking thing. <laughs> yep, here it is. Allow me to. Oh, three. Oh my God! Wow. Oh, here's the here's the gift. There's the stroke. You're having a stroke. That too. Hey, don't knock it till you've had it. I mean, he probably what? wished he was having a stroke because then he'd at least be part of something during our football conversation. Hey, and there's that infamous Eric Bischoff gif where he looks at the camera and goes, Hello. "Wow, best part of the pay per view." Let me finish. Let me finish, Adam, if you don't mind, real quick. What? I so I asked for the origin, the derivation of the kickout crew. He tells me the whole story. Wonderful. I said, "How'd you come up with you know? How'd you come up with the group of guys that you had?" Oh, you know, we sat down. It was James kind of running things, blah, 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 blah. And he just, he offers up, hey, Anthony, you were on the list of potential co-hosts, but we rejected you. Like, you mother bleeper. Wow. Well, like, let, me, let, me, let me ask you. We were talking about Wadzilla. You don't have to censor yourself. Well, I, all right, fine, you know. So look, look at <laughs> I'm like, Mike, I love the fact that I love your bluntness so much. They were like, all right, all right, we got a list of people here. All right, we have to cross these names off because they're all in Top Guy Theater and they're too cool for us. No. Let me ask a quick question. Was I not considered because I'm in Top Guy Theater? Hey, hey, you know what? We had the we had the goddamn consideration to bring Adam on our show. I mean, I honestly Adam was like you should come on it because I was on the latest episode of Kickout Crew. I they were what talking the about women's wrestling, so of course, who do you bring on? You know, um, Adam's broad shoulders just like went down like five inches after I said that. To him. <laughs> Adam, yeah. I love Adam. I love you, and I love the show. I just thought that was a hilarious moment. You are, you are lost You're, in Adam's pretty eyes. I know, aren't they gorgeous? I'll be staring deep into them this week, I'll tell you. Just don't do it while you're driving, dear. My eyes are up here, Frank, not down there. <laughs> what'd you say? Sex God, what'd you say? When is Adam coming up to Rhode Island? Adam will be flying into TF Green uh, late Wednesday evening. How late? Midnight. Oh, God, forget it. I just got confirmation. What do you mean confirmation? Well, I just sent everything to you, right? Read the chat. Oh, yes. That's going to be fun. Be sure to ask him what he wants to watch. We'll watch whatever it is he wants. Yep. And I'll try not to bore him to death like I did everybody else tonight. I mean, I'm reading the chat, but what am I not? What am I, what am I missing? Wrong chat. Who just let, who we just lost? Oh. Anthony. The, the, the chat right here in Steam Yard. Stream Yard, whatever it's called. <laughs> Steam Yard. Steam Yard, Steam Yard. I'm at. I am recapping. So, One second. The very so, bottom. Oh, okay. Hey, I just found something that uh, I just thought of something that Marv Levy is better than Bill Belichick is at. Losing Super Bowls? Yeah, exactly. Like so, I haven't heard that joke 10,000 times. We would be the, the best time we could if you want to let our guests know uh, would probably be the weekend of the 30th. 
is probably our suitest availability. Uh, we can talk more over now recording, yeah. but that is awesome, and I am excited sexually. Ooh, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. I gotta find it. I gotta find it. Phil, stand up. I want to see. Phil, stand up. I want to see. Come on. Oh, it's already Come gone. On. It's right. Wow. All right. On that note, so. Uh, Vince, <laughs> um, our next show is going to be. I'm excited about it. NXT Takeover Brooklyn Four. Oh, I love uh, takeovers. I love every fucking takeover you can put in front of me. Yep, Adam. I'm. I'm I think you should run the show too. You should be the like the host the whole time. Um, we can produce for you, but um, so you know, peek behind the curtain too. There, we're going to be recording that pretty soon. Uh, just because uh, this is going to drop. Uh, the Friday that we arrive in New Orleans, and then we would record that weekend. Uh, I, Adam, and I are both going to be tired and busy, and I'm not saying that in a sexual manner. Um. I don't get tired. Tell us about your sexual escapades with uh, Frank Adam. Okay, you talk about the one in Jacksonville or, or Chicago or yeah, you share a bed with somebody, and apparently there's sexual escapades. I don't know. Okay, well, while his daughter's laying right next to us. Well, in Nashville, or, you know, did you? you know, I had to go part. outside for something, so did, when did she was gone, Frank did turn over, and you talking about the? <laughs> he did it. <laughs> Did you guys say share a bed or shit a bed? Share. Oh, I didn't, so I didn't. you didn't do what I ever heard. And probably say, the most gentle person you'll ever meet. <laughs> I, I can second that. Frank is a very gentle, forgiving lover. Oh my god. You're you're you and here's the thing about Henry. He's not he's not shy. Because let me let me tell you, I met Henry um in, in person. In the morning and that night in Washington, D.C., his shirt was off and he was ready to rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> I shared a room with Henry and Jacksonville. Tell that us was very more. interesting. I snore badly. Yes, definitely, definitely. Now, that's not called snoring. That, I don't know what you call that. Tell us more, Frank. Oh, God. Are you What's using the, the music? Stop music? Let's hear it. I want details. The stop music. So, I'm going to be very sentimental right now. So turn the stock music off. Thank you. I, I do want to say that as you know, the clock is ticking on my time in Rhode Island. I want everyone here to know that that uh, I, I'm legitimately going to get a tattoo. I don't know when it's going. Yes. What did you take them out for? Can we go get a tattoo together? Well, I'm going to get a tattoo that legitimately has the Rhode Island state flag, and then it's going to say always roadie. Because okay, no, no matter where I go in my life. I'm always going to be a Rhode Islander because uh, I love this. I love this state. I love the people and the the friends and family that I've had here. I love the Rhode Island sex god. <laughs> I, I'm always looking for an excuse to get another tattoo, so we need to get tattoos together, Frank. Okay. Can we tattoo Frank's name on your forehead? No. Oh boy. We're gonna um, come tattoo Parlor Chicago. I, I am very nervous about my move. I've never been this far away from home before. You know, Boston was one thing. It was 90 minutes away, 90 miles away. This is 22 hours away and 1,500 miles. So um, while I'm very excited about this, I'm very happy that I'm going to have Adam to uh, kind of get to know the place with for the first couple of days. But 
Um, I'm excited for this next journey. Uh, I had a good time with my friends tonight. Um, I'm very lucky to have all of you to share this with. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm pissed off that I'm moving a week before uh, Ring of Honor's uh, <laughs> pay-per-view in Lowell, Massachusetts. But you may all see me front row on October 14th at SmackDown from the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans, Louisiana. Wow. Um, and Shawn Michaels nice is going to make an appearance that night. Very nice. And Frank Bruno will trample all yes. school-age children. All school-age children that his, listen that to this. It drips off his body. If, if any school-age children listen to this, which you shouldn't be, shame on you if you are. Steer clear of Frank On that note, uh, let's let's go real quick around the room. Uh, start with Henry. Uh, your final thoughts on Spring Stampede 2000. I'll be honest with with the show stoppage because Frank fucked up. Um, <laughs> this actually, Frank, that 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 brief little intermission in the middle, which none of us will ever see, but we'll all remember in our hearts, actually kind of made this a better show. Uh, watching all of Spring Stampede 2000 long long ago, in the first version of this show sucked. I would like to think, other than putting everyone to sleep, this time around it was better. Okay. Well, because we cut it down and didn't watch the whole damn thing. Don't you think? There, there were pieces of it I wish I'd kept in, like Hulk Hogan trying to choke out Eric Bischoff was kind of fun. That was right before the Terry Taylor-Norman Smiley match. That's uh, that's among... Terry Henry's Funk. Top. God damn it, I'm sorry. That, Terry Funk. A- that's a Henry's top three sexual fantasies. Hulk Hogan choking out Eric Bischoff. Why would that be one of my sexual fantasies? All right, we got to stop with that because we can go a long, long time with that. Yeah, I feel- keep going. If we're going to get into sexual fantasies, we're going to be here for. We'll save that for its own special show. It's I'm- hard to talk about sexual fantasies when the people are in the room with us. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Bill Jackson, your thoughts on Spring Stampede? Uh, well, I obviously. Can take Frank out. <laughs> It's it's 2000s WCW. It's Vince Russo era. Russo, Russo. We're getting swerves, bro. It, you know, the one thing that everyone liked about Vince Russo in WCW 2000s is that everyone got something. Everyone had a part to play in the show. The bad thing about WCW in the 2000s is everyone got something. Everyone had a part to play in the show. Um, you know. Coffin and roller skates, it's it's downhill from this point. There were a few bright spots in this pay-per-view. Obviously, I fucking dug Norman Smiley, t- Terry Funk. Sporadic matches like that, I think, should happen more often in wrestling. Um, Sting Scott Center was actually pretty good until the fuckery of an end. And uh, the main event was actually pretty good as well. So, I mean, all in all, it was a shitty pay-per-view, but it had a few okay moments. I'm glad, as a child... Uh, that I didn't pay for this pay-per-view to watch it. I got it for free like I did every pay-per-view in high school because I just got lucky. Well, fuck you, I paid for it. Rhode Island Sex God. Rhode Island Sex God, your thoughts on this? As you said, you paid for it as well. I paid for it, and boy, did I pay for it, especially after it's from... I have, yeah. Terrible. Um, This, you know, you look... I try to look back on things with rose-colored glasses, but I can't. This was a bookmark of a terrible era. It was the beginning. It was the true middle of the end. Uh, the company could not have gone out of business fast as far as I was concerned. It was horrible. The whole storyline. The matches bell to bell were fine. I don't, I don't crap on the guys that actually wrestled. 
but there was just nothing to WCW anymore. Agreed. Uh, Tripod Man from Rottingham. Uh, I mean, his exact words were actually when he was previewing the show earlier today is this show sucks. So your thoughts on it now? I also said who picked this shit. Sorry. But then he said Henry. I was like, well, Henry's bigger than me, so I can't say nothing about it. So, good pick, Henry. (laughs) You're a thousand miles away. What makes you think I'm going to get up, get in my car, and drive down to Alabama to beat you up? You'll remember Chicago. Point in fact, Frank was the one that said yes. (laughs) Oh, you left that part out. Of course I did. Well, read the chat, bro. Uh, Brandy, your thoughts? Bro, me. Uh, this was definitely better than the first time we watched it since we didn't have to watch all of it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we honestly, we talked over the best matches, which were, of course, the Scott Steiner and Sting match, except for that whole little thing with Vampiro and the, the Jeff Jarrett DDP match. There, if you have nothing to do and you kind of want to go back and see what was not terrible about WCW in 2000, if you got 10 minutes to spare. I think Sapphire is like, I need to go to sleep. This show sucks. I like how they're pushing Billy Kidman. That's about the only thing I like. I yeah, liked how I like how they keep Billy Kidman. There's no actual interference from Russo or Bischoff. My finishing moves come from Billy Kidman when I wrestled. By the way, wasn't this about three days after the whole Taz Mike Awesome match in uh, ECW? I don't think we were was quite, quite there yet because obviously we know Mike Awesome came to WCW became the fat chick thriller in that zero seconds. Yeah, that 70s guy. Yep. And that 70s guy. Bet you. I will bet you a cool George Washington that that whole Taz <laughs> Awesome thing went down the week before this place. If you give me a minute, I can look it up and tell you. A cool George Washington. Like, uh... hey, so, yeah, like, one way to say I'll pay you a dollar. Are we literally like exhuming George Washington from his grave? It cold, cold corpse George Washington. So it would have been better than this pay per view. Honey, he's been dead for over two hundred years. There's not a corpse. It's just going to be bones and dust. That's okay. And his wooden teeth. Go ahead, Henry. So I looked it up in the list of reigns of ECW World Heavyweight Champions. Thanks WWE. Um, in April, on April thirteenth, two thousand. For ECW on TNN from Indianapolis, Taz would beat Mike Awesome for the ECW World Heavyweight title. That would air the next day, April 14th. Um, Paul Heyman. Yeah, that was within this week because Awesome threatened to bring Heyman's title with him to WCW. And Heyman pitched a fit. So they did a thing where the WCW wrestler dropped it. To a WWF wrestler, wrestler, who then dropped it back to an ECW wrestler. That still gets me. Uh, my, my thoughts in the show is that, um, well, WCW, I mean, it blew. I mean, I watched it, watched it right up till the end. So, I mean, they still had me hook, line, and sinker, I guess. But <clears throat> it was still rough to watch. You know, um, another thing you learned from this show, Frank? Not to use StreamYard while you're in the car. God, I hope you learned that. You would have thought I would have learned that the first time. But it's okay because nobody's going to know because it's just going to, everything's just going to flow together. Except it's all right. They're all going to know. Questions when they hear us talking about it now. Nope. 
We'll never well, I love you all. I'm going to run the outro now so that I can go to bed because uh, I have a big week ahead of me that Adam is going to be a part of. So uh, with that being said, I love you all. <laughs> we'll we'll talk in a couple of days because we're going to do another show. But uh, uh, ouch, my back is bothering me. Damn it. <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you all later. 14 WrestleManias. Are you ready to fight? Who will survive? guys.